Monotor is the unwavering deity of the sun in the Forgotten Realms. Having recently come back to the realms after a long absence, his lawful presence acts as a beacon to remind lawbreakers that justice will eventually find them. I am Ben Dignan, and welcome once again to Religion in the Realms. Titles The titles of Monitor is referred to by are The Yellow God The Keeper of the Eternal Sun The Keeper of the Golden Sun Keeper of Law and The Light of Law Among the nomadic Badin of the Anorak a Monitor has an alias he goes by Atar, the Merciless who is also known as the Yellow Goddess Portfolio and Domains A monitor's portfolio includes bureaucracy, law, order, and the sun. He is also sometimes regarded to have the portfolio of time under his influence, though this is disputed as will be explained later. A monitor's suggested domains for 5th edition are light and life, though I don't necessarily agree with the life domain being attributed to him. I am genuinely surprised that knowledge was not considered instead of life. The order domain was made official long after the initial domains were published for 5th edition, but it should definitely be considered as a suggested domain in my opinion for a monitor. Appearance and Manifestations A monitor is described as a lanky human man with silver-white hair, a short beard, and skin that radiates with a muted gold color. He carries a scepter in one hand and a legal tome in the other. He dresses himself in long flowing magisterial robes that are either black or purple in color with either silver or gold trim. The scepter he carries is known as the Scepter of the Eternal Sun. It mechanically has the highest bonus to attack and damage attributed to it depending on addition. The scepter deals double damage to prime material creatures who are chaotically aligned, while dealing quadruple damage to those chaotic creatures who are extraplanar. It also can banish these creatures back to their plane of origin. Lastly, the scepter destroys golems outright on a roll of 18 through to 20. A monitor is known to manifest his dictates on the prime material in the following way. A glowing woman holding a balance made of pure gold will appear before a person or group. If the scales tip towards the right, then those who are viewing the apparition have met with a monitor's disfavor. If the scales tip to the left, they have met with a monitor's favor. Though, if the scales are perfectly balanced, a monitor is addressing the individual or individuals directly and telling them to join his priesthood. A monitor's clergy will then be notified of this new chosen accolade of a monitor by a monitor himself in order to search out this chosen, these chosen individuals. A monitor may also manifest his will through these certain creatures or objects. Emerald, sapphire, and steel dragons, golems, various birds of prey, though usually a sun falcon, sunflowers, yellow-eyed daisies, golden lilies, topazes, red-colored gemstones of all different types, 
tan dogs, cream-colored cats, white wolves, and white stallions. Abilities Monotaur is said to have such a presence about him so as to feel the presence of the law and order in one's being when they are near him. It is not mechanically spelled out, but a monitor is said to be able to pick out criminals and thieves on sight. He can see invisible objects and creatures permanently. Read thoughts and pick out a creature's alignment with ease. A monitor's touch destroys all undead who are affected by sunlight. He can create sunlight over an area of 10 miles, or roughly 16 kilometers in diameter, for up to an hour, having to wait another 2 hours before being able to do so again. He's able to dispel magical darkness within 120 feet of him. A monitor can cast out the spells Sunray and Flame Strike from his eyes. A monitor is immune to illusion-based spells and magical effects. Any spells or effects that manipulate emotion and all cold, darkness, or shadow-based spells. A monitor makes use of 13 giant hyenas specifically to send down to the Primaterio to carry out his will against those who wrong him. Whether these differ from your typical giant hyena is unknown, but I generally would not be surprised if they presented a greater challenge. Finally, a monitor is said to control the sun's passage across the sky, which in turn gave rise to the idea of tracking time via celestial bodies down in the realms. Personal History When formally going over the agreement of portfolios with the other Netherese deities a very long time ago in the realms, a small grammatical error was noticed in a monitor section that made a monitor think that he had a legitimate claim to the portfolio of time. Still, he did not tread on Mistral's responsibility over time. Rather, I speculate that he got a smug amount of satisfaction about explaining that the portfolio of time was attributed to him and had a rightful claim to it, but he dutifully did not press the issue any further than that. Following the fall of the Netherese Empire in minus 339 Dale Reckoning, a monitor's worshippers turned their back on their deity, taking large issue with the monitor's inaction as the events transpired between Mistral and Carsis. A monitor being his lawful self was unwilling to get involved and intervene as this was specifically tied to the portfolio of magic and was Mistral's sole responsibility. As the number of his worshippers waned, a monitor's power as a deity began to diminish and he slowly went through the long and torturous process of slowly dying. Inevitably, the power to maintain his realm on the keep of the eternal sun and the outer plains was lost. A monitor died, and his body came to float amidst the astral sea. Even after a monitor died, small pockets of monitor worshippers kept their memory of him alive. One group held that a monitor did not die, instead that he became Lathander. Likewise, another group hold that a monitor still lived as on as a tar, the harsh deity of sun worshipped by the Bedeen nomads. Tying Lathander and a monitor together has been chiefly the belief of two pervasive heresies that have carried on for generations in Lathander's faith, the Risen Sun Heresy and Three-Faced Sun Heresy which were both discussed in the last episode when I covered Lathander, but I will be touching on them here again. In 1374 Dale Reckoning, one of the leaders of the Risen Sun Heresy, 
Sunlord Dalegoth Ondir searched out a relic of a monitor known as the Shard of the Sun. With this shard in hand, Ondir and the faithful of a monitor assembled in Elversalt, and Ondir casted the spell a monitor's eternal sun, summoning a small sun above Elversalt. This was done by Orndir in the belief that it would herald a monitor's ascension to power once more to take up as a mantle from Lathander. Now here is where the lore conflicts. In 4th edition sources, a monitor is said to have never died, but instead transformed into Lathander following the fall of Netheril. This is in direct contradiction to the information presented in 2nd edition sources. Neither of this information is ever stated in such a way to question their factuality. I stated in the last episode when I covered Lothander my theory as to how I interpret this whole situation between Lothander and a monitor. Either way, a monitor went on, in a way, to replace Lothander during the Spell Plague during the 4th edition era. Though he was now a lawful good deity after learning from his time as Lothander how to be good. But all the while, he told people not to forget his name and his time as Lothander. However, following the events of the Second Sundering, Lathander would come back to recognize his worshippers once more, yet a monitor remained as separate deity, though he did experience a shift back to his lawful neutral alignment. Personality I'm unsure really what power level a monitor exists on. My guess is that he, at the very least, is an intermediate deity. His last listed power level is that of a greater deity, greater deity in 4th edition sources. But that was when Lathander was not making himself known to the peoples of Faerun for quite a while. Now with Lathander back after the Second Sundering, I can only imagine Lathander came back still as a greater deity. But how a monitor fits into this power scale when it comes to the deity power levels I do not know, as 5th edition sources do not spell this out. Whatever power level he exists on, a monitor is a lawful neutral deity. A monitor is very orderly with every procedure that he carries out, so much so that a lot of different other deities and personalities and entities consider him to be rather stingy. Written documents are scrutinized and ensured to be to the leather, to the lever to the letter before they're agreed to by the monitor. He makes sure to always be correctly following the law as he goes about his life. A monitor will carry out revenge, right wrongs, and punish the wicked, though he always makes sure the judgment that he carries out is fair. Personal Realms In the Great Wheel Cosmological Model used in 1st edition, 2nd edition, and now as the Sioux model for 5th edition, I feel it is safe to say that a monitor resides on the lawful neutral plane of Mechanus in his realm of the Keep of the Eternal Sun. During his time as a god, during the time of Netheril, this was his listed realm. As will be explained soon, upon his reemergence in 4th edition, his realm bore a similar name description. Unfortunately, I was not able to find any description of the features present in a monitor's realm for 1st edition, 2nd edition, or 5th edition sources. 
The outer plane of Mechanus only consists of a singular layer populated by an endless array of gears over a wide spectrum of sizes. At one end of the spe spectrum are continent-sized gears supporting entire realms. At the other end are minuscule gears so small that eyes can barely make them out. But they all turn at all times, some slowly, others fast. To what end they turn, people are unsure. But they move for an unknown purpose, save one that may be known by Primus, ruler over the plane and the Modrons, a deific power himself. Whatever the case, they are all interconnected and affect one another over a grand scale. The petitioners on Mechanus look like they did during the, their days on the Prime Material, with some stylization in their dress based upon the preferences of the power that they serve. Though I did not come across any mention of what form a monitor's petitioners take on, so I will assume this to be the default. Whatever the case, these petitioners are a serious lot who seem to express little to no emotion. The faces of the gears are naturally devoid of life, though petitioners who come to reside here across the D&D universe have been able to foster vegetation of all types. Here, on Mechanus, no illusion or wild magic functions as it fizzles out upon being cast. Travel around Mechanus is said to be accomplished through the labyrinthine portal, a complex network of portals that link the various realms and larger gear cogs throughout Mechanus. During the 3rd edition era for the Forgotten Realms, a monitor had no described realm in the world tree given his state. In the world axis cosmological model used throughout 4th edition, a monitor's realm in the astral sea was called the Eternal Sun. Here he resides in the radiant palace of the Four Suns. The Eternal Sun is a realm of thriving petitioners carrying out their living both on land and at sea. Joaquin holds her realm here, the marketplace eternal which surrounds the palace of the Four Suns. Allies and Allegiances A Monitor's allies include Kossuth and possibly Jurgle. Jurgle and a Monitor were allies at the height of the Nethril Empire. Both were and still are strict adherents to law and order. Now, with the Monitor back in the fold once more, Jurgle very well might be allied with the Monitor, but that's only speculation. Joaquin may be an ally of a Monitor, seeing as she inhabited a portion of his realm during the Spell Plague era, though their alliance is never explicitly stated. Enemies A Monitor's prime enemies include Shar and Talos, though Talos was known as Kosa during the time of Netheril. Avatar and Deity Stat Blocks The stat block for a Monitor's avatar can be found in the second edition supplement, Faiths and Avatars. Symbols A Monitor's symbol through the editions has more or less been the same with certain changes to the same sun motif. In second edition, for example, a Monitor's symbol is described as a sun with a face. Central Dogma from Face and Avatar's second edition supplement. Quote, Learn the law and live it. Obey its every letter and clause. For knowledge of the intricacies of law lies freedom to act with righteous impunity. Keep track of the decisions of your superiors so that the body of precedent continues to grow 
and the unity of purpose of the rulings of a monitor is made manifest to all. Serve your superiors faithfully, and they will reward you faithfully. Shirk your duty and find the harsh hand of reproof. End quote. Now in present-day Faerun, a belief in the reincarnation of a monitor is a core tenet of the monitory faith. If a monitor should ever disappear or die once again, the faith must be kept, as a monitor will inevitably be reborn to shine in the sky yet again. Presence of the Faith Even after a monitor had been first shunned, then forgotten after the fall of Netheril, the Badin of the Anorak still worshipped their own version of a monitor, Atar. In the belief structure of the Badin, Atar is very different from the image and perception of a monitor. She is described as a spiteful and heartless woman whose wrathful rays fall upon those down below. She is feared by the Badin people. During his time within the Netherese pantheon, a monitor was revered by rulers, soldiers, and mages. Upon his revival, the monitor's worship found traction with farmers, merchants, and nomadic peoples. All groups were dependent on the rotation of the seasons. Those who worship a monitor also tend towards a lawful neutral, lawful good, and lawful evil alignment. All who would find comfort in a monitor's dependency and predictability. A monitor's name is often invoked during the signing of agreements and contracts. Such events take place outside during the day. Often, those signing their name will wait for the sun to become unobscured by the clouds overhead so as to allow the sun to fully observe the act. Hierarchy and Structure of the Clergy Much like the Reginus of a monitor himself, his clergy likewise hold a rigid hierarchy with little to no divergence from region to region. During the time of the Netherese Empire, each temple, which the clergy called a court, fell under the supervision of a singular high priest known as a righteous potentate. Together with their seven monastic abbots, the functions of the temple were decided upon and delegated. Beneath the abbots were the seven high jurists carrying out the bulk of the duties of the temple. The remaining ranks of the clergy in descending order were jurists, high magistrates, defenders of the law, lions of order, radiant servants, and clerks. All priests were known then collectively as sun lords and sun ladies. The clergy also consisted of traveling monks. Now it isn't said whether they are monks in the sense that they are martial artists or simply wandering priests. Either way, these monks did need to report into the place of worship they were assigned to annually. Following the spell plague, the clergy of Monitor were known collectively as Sun Lords. Responsibilities and Duties of Clergy and Worshippers During the Netheral Empire, the Monitory clergy served a far more prominent role in society. Many of them were political leaders and influential advisors. The righteous potentate was the primary teacher to the lay folk at the temple. The monastic abbots then each had their own specific duties to ensure the successful operation of the temple. Clergy members were to learn and practice the laws of the settlement and or region they resided in. It was lucrative for them to preside over cases in small claims courts, leaving the authorities of their region free to focus on cases of greater importance. 
It should not go unmentioned that a Montori clergy were taught to ensure that they gained the upper hand in all their endeavors, so long as they still followed the letter of the law. Sun Lords now presently serve as civic administrators and judges where they reside. The clergy also serve as witnesses to the signing of agreements and validating said documents with the stamp in the shape of a monitor symbol. Orders and Priestly Bodies The Brotherhood of the Glorious Sun, more commonly known as Sun Masters, were a martial sect within the Lothanderite faith that was viewed with some skepticism and mistrust by the core body of the faith. Sun Masters dutifully served Lothander, but they viewed him as a reincarnation of a monitor after a monitor's disappearance following the fall of Netheril. To them, Lathander was a deity of the dawn just waiting for us to ascent high into the sky to once more take his place as a monitor, and they believed he would come to lord over all deities in the Faerunian pantheon eventually. They viewed Lathander and, and a monitor as one and the same, though they would more often call this entity a monitor. Confusingly, Lathander neither confirmed nor denied that he was or retained an aspect of a monitor. Some masters' beliefs were seen as heretical, but not enough to deny any working relationship or alliance within the rest of the faith, considering that their goals still were to fight against evil deities and their servants. This heresy was known by the Lathanderite body as the Risen, as the risen Sun Heresy. I speculate now that a monitor is back... The Sun Masters are now simply worshippers of a monitor within their own separate faith, separate, though possibly still allied, with the Lathanderite clergy altogether. Chapter houses and shrines for the Sun Masters were set up throughout Faerun, and they did once report to the ranking clergy of Lathander. At these smaller places of worship, a handful of fighters, paladins, and clerics could be found. Another heretical sect, possibly still within the Monitory and Lathanderite faiths, is the Three-Faced Sun Heresy. This sect holds that the sun is an over-deity with three aspects, the dawn, the high sun, and dusk. At the core of this heresy is the belief that only two aspects of the sun can be present at any one time. Throughout the history of Faerun, this has been reflected by the rise and fall of various deities, First, during the reign of the Netherese Empire, a monitor ruled in the high sun, while Jurgo presided as the aspect of dusk. With a monitor's fall, the positions of rulership of death changing hands and Lathander's prominence, believers believed it was only a matter of time until another change came about. Again, just speculating here, with the monitor and Lathander present and separate from one another, the three-faced sun heresy may not be seen as so heretical anymore. Though I don't really know how they would fit Kalimvor into that whole perspective. It's hard to say. We have no direction or information about this sect in 5th edition. The most transcendent affiliation of paradisiacal pens, Syndicate of Celestial Righteous Lawmakers, and the Brotherhood of the Sun are all bodies that existed during the Netheral Empire. I bring them up not only as a point of interest, but also potentially as plot hooks or narrative devices as newly resurrected bodies within the monetary faith that are now back in the fold. The most transcendent affiliation of paradisiacal pens were an organization of scribes who preached about the holiness of law and order. 
They helped to build up large buildings solely dedicated to the preservation and collection of laws across a multitude of regions. The Syndicate of Celestial Righteousness were an organized body of 70 warriors, though mostly paladins, dedicated to Amontor. They were a good-leaning group who approached Amontor's teachings from that perspective, ignoring or softening the instructions Amontor passed on to his mortal followers. Their shields were enchanted in such a way to give off continual light that could then be utilized in blinding their foes. The Brotherhood of the Sun were once monks dedicated solely to a monitor. These monks would travel the breadth of the land, preserving and carrying out the law everywhere they went. They would go on to become the Order of the Sun Soul Monks after the apparent disappearance of their patron deity. It is interesting to note that even after a monitor's reemergence, the Sun Soul Monks have not taken back up any of the teachings of a monitor nor have some of them broken off to re-establish the Brotherhood of the Sun. Appearance and Dress During the era of the Netheral Empire, the monitory clergy wore bright, long-sleeved robes of yellow, red, and orange. These robes were often adorned with sewn-on arcane symbols forming sun motifs, embroidered sun designs, and or gemstones placed to form the design of a sun. How the clergy presently dress is not described in any material I came across, though I have to imagine they took inspiration from past clergy, if they had access to such records that described them. The righteous potentate of each temple would wear robes made of cloth of gold. Personally, I had to look up what cloth of gold was. It is cloth, often silk, wrapped with a band or strip of gold. To complete the ceremonial garb of the clergy, a sunburst headpiece was worn, much like the one in the formal dress of the Lathanderite faith. When adventuring, clergy members would wear utilitarian clothing, preferring reds and golds in their dress. When possible, they would wear armor that contained portions of or were completely gold in color or gold-plated. Holy symbols of the Montour were typically made of gold, gold-plated metal, or gold-painted wood. Rituals. The following are rituals that were practiced during the time of the Netheral Empire. As such, I do not know if all or some are presently carried out. However, I present them as a means of inspiration for use in your games that take place in the present day Forgotten Realms. The first is an important holy day that took place on the third moon of the year. This holy day celebrated the signing of the Pantheon Contour. Pantheon Contour was an agreement between the Netherese Pantheon of deities which Amontor presided over. Clergy would celebrate this day by adoring themselves in magisterial regalia and parading the symbol of Amontor through every local court and down roadways. Important vigils of the Monitory Church were reserved for the summer solstice. The summer solstice was a day of relaxation, sunbathing, and prayer. It was taught that if this day was not spent properly by the clergy, a monitor would pull the light of the sun away from Toro for an entire year. Whenever a member of the monitory clergy was graced with a successful contract, court case, or administrative success, they were taught and expected to make an offering. This offering often consisted of burning magically preserved oak leaves and incense in a monitor's name. General Locations of Temples and Shrines I found no generalized description of monitory places of worship, 
Instead, an aspiring dungeon master could take inspiration from later specific temples I describe. Also, I feel comfortable in saying that I would look to courtrooms and administrative buildings to take inspiration from when considering how to build up your own descriptions of such places of worship. Specific Locations of Temples and Shrines During the time of the Netheral Empire, the largest temple of the Monitor was found in Unity. This temple was known as the Forested Enclave of the Face of the Sun. The building was large in scale, being built in the shape of a pentagon, and built up to be three stories tall. It was capped with a hemispherical roof. The temple stood amidst the trees that surrounded it, allowing its dome and steeple to be easily seen from a great distance. Also existing during the time of the Netheral Empire, the Temple of Time was found in Trinity. The outside walls of this temple reflected the light of the sun so brightly that it could be seen for miles. The Sunrest Mountains were a holy place for monetary worshippers during the Netheral Empire. Here the sun looked to have rested upon the mountain's apex, and the followers of Amontor would come here to raise their arm in praise. Another holy mountain for the Netherees was the Widowmaker Mountain. The top of this mountain was obscured almost permanently by fog or clouds, but when the peak became visible down below to onlookers, the faithful of Amontor would pray. Now much like Elversalt, a secondary sun hangs above Elturel. It was regarded as the companion, though less commonly known as the monitor's gift. The companion was considered an object of divine creation, and pilgrims would make their way to observe it. But, and the following details are heavy spoilers for Baldur's Gate Descent into Infernus, please skip ahead about 30 seconds. The companion is not an object raised into the sun by a monitor or one of its worshippers. Instead, it was raised up into the sky by the Archduke of the First Layer of the Nine Hells, Zario, and is powered by a planetar angel trapped inside it. I will not speak any further on the details around the companion so as to remain as spoil-free as possible. But all that to say, it has no connection to a monitor whatsoever. I was not able to find any indication of whether or not the second sun cast above Elversalt was ever dispelled or not. So it very well may still be present above Elversalt. Given the duration of the spell, as it is explained in 3rd edition, is permanent and it is an epic level spell. Character Options For 2nd edition, in the Faith and Avatars supplement, in Nethero Empire of Magic, you can find the breakdown for Sun Lord and Sun Lady Special Priests of Amonitor. For 3rd edition, in the Lost Empires of Faerun supplement, you can find the breakdown for the Sun Master Prestige class. In the Power of Faerun supplement, you can find the initiate, excuse me, the initiate of Amonitor feat. Finally, for 4th edition, in the Forgotten Realms Player's Guide, you can find the breakdown for the Morning Lord Prestige class. The Chosen of a Monitor Utility for those who take the Chosen as their epic destiny, and a Channel Divinity feat specific to those who worship a Monitor. As I do in every episode, the following is a breakdown of the features I think someone deeply involved in the Monitor Faith would have as a background for 5th edition. For your two skill proficiencies, I would take Insight and Persuasion. For your languages and or tool proficiencies, 
I would take proficiency with calligrapher supplies for drawing up contracts and agreements in one language of your choice. For your equipment, I would reflavor the guild artisan's equipment or reflavor the noble's equipment, just to make yourself to seem to be a magisterial, administrative, important person that regards in a given society. Finally, for your feature, Shelter of the Faithful background ability from the Acolyte from the Player's Handbook is always a good option to take in this regards. Just as I reflavored the Guild Artisan's equipment and the Noble's equipment, I also like the idea of taking the Guild membership and position of privilege features, both from the Guild Artisan and Noble backgrounds in Player's Handbook, and reflavoring them, just as I described, with the equipment to meet that of a magisterial or administrative person within a given society, and being recognized as such. To round out the section on character options, here's just a list of subclasses I think would be thematically appropriate for NPC or PC to take if they are a worshiper of a monitor. For the Barbarian, for some reason I see the path of the Zealot Barbarian working well for a Barbarian PC or NPC who worships a monitor. This subclass can be found in Xanthar's Guide to Everything. I especially like the idea of a Barbarian that leans into the whole idea of her birth and rising from death. The Bard, while the College of Eloquence Bard is still in playtest and would be very fitting, I do think a College of Lore Bard can easily slide in to fit a gifted speaker, lawyer, and or debater who worships a monitor. The College of Lore Bard is found in the Player's Handbook. As I mentioned earlier in the podcast, I don't agree with life being a suggested domain for a monitor clerics. Not that a person should be dissuaded from playing a life domain cleric of monitor. The obviousness of the light domain cleric, however, cannot be denied, and that domain is found in the player's handbook. As I mentioned earlier in the podcast, I generally do not understand why knowledge from the player's handbook was not suggested instead of life. The order domain is very appropriate, but given the domain is found in Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica, which was released long after Skag, sorry, Sorko's Adventurer's Guide, it stands to reason that it was not mentioned in the earlier published Sword Coast Adventurer's Guide. For the fighter, several of the fighter subclasses are versatile enough in theme to apply to a lot of deities. As it is, the Battlemaster and Champion from the Player's Handbook, Cavalier and Samurai from Xanathar's Guide to Everything, and the Reflavored Dragon Knight, aka the Banneret from Sword Coast Adventurer's Guide, I feel are very thematic. For the monk, it is very easy for me to say Sunsoul Monk is the go-to here. But I do think there is a narrative to consider here of the old order of the monks being resurrected even if it is not canonically true. For the Paladin, the Order of the Crown from Sword Coast Adventurer's Guide and Order of Vengeance Paladin from the Player's Handbook will serve well for those Paladins who bring down lawbreakers in a monitor's name. For the Rogue, the Inquisitive Rogue from Xanthar's Guide to Everything likewise could serve as an agent of the faith in much of the same capacity as the Paladins I just described. For the Sorcerer, as always, the Divine Soul Sorcerer from Xanathar's Guide is always an available option. Finally, for Wizards, a Montour's Faith is not expressly tied to the Arcane, but out of the Wizarding Schools, I think the School of Abjuration and Divination from the Player's Handbook lend themselves best. Abjuration for its protective spells, and Divination for its capabilities in obtaining information. Dungeon Master Options 
Starting with monsters, here's a list of monsters from official 5th edition sources that would, or I would, think worship and or serve a monitor. From the monster manual, you have the giant hyena, hyena, the various golems, stat blocks, and birds of prey like the bloodhawk and hawk, wolf, warhorse, and the two sphinx stat blocks. I imagine as a power who finds themselves on the plane of Mechanus, a Montour may also have some Modrons in his service as well. From Mordekainen's Tome of Foes, there's the Marut. From Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica, I would reflavor the Archon of the Triumvirate, the Felidar, Isperia, and the Sphinx of Judgment, so they all fit within the Forgotten Realms. We do have an official 5th edition stat block for one gem dragon. An adult sapphire dragon. This stat block was attached to the sale of the 50th anniversary sapphire dice set put out by Wizards of the Coast not too long ago. As it stands, that was a very expensive dice set to purchase. But the stat block of the sapphire dragon is available for purchase off of D&D Beyond. Now more sapphire dragon stat blocks as well as emerald and steel dragon stat blocks can be found throughout various sources across older editions. One day, hopefully, we will get official Gem Dragon stat blocks, but for now, we have to rely upon conversion from older editions, homebrew, and or third-party published products. Next, we'll move on to stat blocks that could serve as NPCs in your campaign and sessions. From the Monster Manual, you can make use of the Acolyte, Priest, and Veteran stat blocks. From Volo's Guide to Monsters, there's the Champion Warlord stat blocks. From Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica, you could e- easily flavor the Law Mage, Precognitive Mage, and Soldier. Finally, from Baldur's Gate Descent into Avernus, I would consider reflavoring an Iron Console stat block. That stat block is reserved for an individual who is within the Baneite faith, uh, or someone who's devoted to Bane, but looking at its abilities, I really like how they could be reflavored to work with someone who is of the faith of a monitor. Moving on to magic items. A magic item specific to a monitor is the Chalice of a Monitor. It stands about as high as two human fists stacked on top of one another. It is alabaster in color. Three inlays of gold encircle the cup holding gemstones in the recesses. Two golden seals appear on both sides in the shape of a sunburst. Mechanical details and further properties of the chalice can be found in Honorok, the Empire of the Shade, an adventure module for 3rd edition. The chalice can produce a sunbeam so long as it's filled with any flammable liquid once per day. It can also allow its holder to plane shift once per month, though to only lo- two locations, the material plane, or surprisingly, the house of the triad a realm where Torm and Ilmater and Tyr existed during 3rd edition. The chalice needs to be filled with any natural, unaltered substance such as fresh water or sand to allow allow this ability to happen. Finally, the chalice can produce a magical liquid known as liquid sun once per month. The chalice must be filled with four vials of holy water, and the seals on both sides of the chalice must be then be dipped into the water. The liquid sun cannot be disrupted from inside the chalice despite what environment or movement the chalice finds itself in. It can only be poured out, removed, etc. if the holder wills it. Liquid sun emanates sunlight from it so long as it is in the chalice. 
The liquid can be tossed out at a target to produce a very powerful sunburst effect, damaging enemies in the area. It is particularly effective against undead and shadow-based creatures. The following are some thematically appropriate magic items from 5th edition sources I feel the Faith of Monitor may have access to. From the Dungeon Master's Guide, you have the Armor of Fire Resistance, Candle of Invocation, the Defender, the Dimensional Shackles, Gem of Brightness, Flame Tongue, Helm of Brilliance, Helm of Comprehend Languages, Potion of Fire Resistance, Ring of Fire Resistance, Rod of Lordly Might, Rod of Rulership, Rod of Security, Sunblade, Tome of Leadership and Influence, Wand of Binding, and the Bands of Bellaro. From Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica, you could reflavor the Azorius Guild Signet and Azorius Key Rune, and finally, the Ors of Guild Signet, and make use of the Sunforger weapon. From Storm King's Thunder, I would reflavor the Gavel of the Venrune. From Baldur's Gate to Sit into Avernus, there's the Gauntlets of Flaming Fury. From Out of the Abyss, there's Dawnbringer. From Tales from the Yawning Porter, Portal, there's Ro- the Robe of Summer. From Curse of Strahd, there's the Sunsword. From La- Lost Minds Fandelver, there's Lightbringer. Finally, from the common magic items found in Xanthar's Guide to Everything, there's the Armor of Gleaming. Alright, thank you for listening to Religion in the Realms. If you're interested in keeping up with the release of future episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and follow the podcast Twitter account at Realms Religion. These episodes are also uploaded to YouTube as well. The podcast YouTube channel can be found under the title Religion in the Realms. Audio versions of the podcast can also be found on Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play Podcasts. If you wish to get in touch with me, my personal Twitter handle is at ShivsEmbrace. Or you can find, or you can send an email to realmsreligion at gmail.com, all in lowercase letters. For those interested, I have posted a link in the video description to a Discord server I have set up. For audio listeners, you can find a link to the invite pinned on the podcast Twitter page. Next episode will kick off the podcast revised schedule, where I cover related deities sequentially. The first group being covered is the Dead Three, and Bane will be the first subject. Until next time, may Timora look kindly upon your dice rolls, Helm protect you, and Lathander light your path. Music for this episode, Rights, by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0.